Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Cut the Shit, a podcast series that aims to take a closer look at the impact of the IT industry, both the good and the bad. Cut the Shit is brought to you by Plow Networks, a managed IT services company based just outside Nashville, Tennessee. I'm Brian Link, EVP of Products and Services here at Plow, and I'll be your host for this series. I'll ask questions, and with the help of our guests, try to dig deep on some of the key challenges we all face dealing with IT. So with that, let's cut the shit and get started. On today's episode, it's my pleasure to have Plow's newest employee, Kevin Phillips, as my guest. Kevin joined us a few weeks ago as a senior engineer working on our cloud and systems team, and we're super excited to have him on board. But that's not why I asked him on the podcast today. I asked Kevin to come on because I thought it would be interesting to get his thoughts on the tech recruiting and hiring process, since he just went through it. During our conversation, I get Kevin to share details on the recruiting experience from some of his recent roles, what he thought went well and what didn't with some of those experiences, and what one of his employers did right that kept him there and kept him energized for almost 10 years. I wrap up by asking Kevin to grade his recruiting and onboarding experience with us, And in true cut-the-shit fashion, he does just that. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Kevin Phillips. Kevin, thanks for joining Cut the Shit. How are you doing today? Doing well, man. Thanks for having me. uh, I'm excited to have you, both uh, as a new member of the team and to uh, to have you on the podcast. We've had had a number of employees on the podcast over, gosh, we've been doing this now a little over a year, which is hard to believe. but uh, this one is a, this one's kind of interesting and maybe a little near and dear to my heart just because of what we're going to talk about today. Um, but before we sort of jump into that, why don't you give us a little bit of, can you give us some background, kind of give us a thumbnail sketch on your background? Uh, you don't have to go into every detail, but sort of how you kind of got started into technology and kind of hit the high notes to bring us up to today. Okay. Yeah. As you know, for us tech guys, it's hard not to go into detail. So when I'm digging too deep, go. Yeah, I'll pull you up. I, I can pull you up. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the way that I got into technology or just <clears throat> IT, I was always interested in how things work. Um, that got me in trouble as a kid because I would take things apart like the radio. Didn't have any money to put it back together, so I had to figure out you know, how to do it. Uh, so that was the you know, infrastructure side of it. And then once I learned that you can uh, actually you know, program and automate and do things to um, make the systems do what you want them to do without manually touching them, uh, that piqued my interest as well. So just always had, you know, had a curiosity for learning and growing. Um, and in technology, it's it's nonstop. So uh, that's really what what interests me in IT. Um, started off uh, MTSU, <clears throat> computer science, uh, computer engineering. And I, I, I quickly realized, you know, that I did. Did you think you wanted to be a programmer at that point? Was that kind of what you were thinking? Yeah, I did. I, yeah. I took all the classes and I was like, well, if I'm smart enough to do it, this must be what I want to do. Uh, I did some programming for about a year and a half and I was just bored with it. Um, and I'm not one to do well with being bored. I'll go find something to get into and, and create trouble, good trouble, sometimes bad trouble. <laughs> uh, so I. I Talked to some colleagues uh, where I was working and, and just, you know, asked, well, what, what do you guys do over here and how um, how does it relate to everything else? And they, they seem more um, relatable as far as just individuals. Uh, all of the guys that I was working with, I had nothing in common with them. Um, and it was just it was it was literally it was boring. I uh, started dreading going into the office and things like that. And 
I, I realized very early on that I didn't want to you know, live just to exist in my job role and whatever that I'm doing, I actually wanted to live. Um, so started to venture out and see, you know, what what would pique my interest at that time. It was infrastructure systems type okay. things. Uh, so I, I, I dived into that. Um, went from the, my first job uh, out of college and then went on to uh, a company called uh, BMI uh, Broadcast Media. Am I able to say company names and things? Oh, yeah. Like yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, um, it's not a secret. We're, we're not. We're, yeah. If they got a problem, they can call me. I think it'll be okay. <laughs> you did. You did work there, right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not. <laughs> you know, don't don't divulge any, I guess, company secrets. But I'm pretty sure that's not where we're going with this. Yeah. No, no, not at all. What I was going to say is it, it, the environment. The environment there um, was great uh, early on. I learned a tremendous amount of information. You know, both about myself as well as technology, and I could relate to those individuals. Um, part of work was like going to. MTV Music Awards, uh, the Grammys. Yeah, it had a little had a little glitter on that one, didn't it? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, it was it was good, man, and um, I, it was good until it wasn't. Um, I read somewhere once that said people do not leave companies; they leave bad bosses. And my boss was tremendous. Uh, my direct report was tremendous, but there were some other other people that came in and just changed the culture of the place. And, um, yeah, that's funny. I, I've heard, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a famous expression that I think is partially true. I mean, or it, it can be 100% true, right? If you get a new manager and you can't get along with him or her or whatever, that that's certainly true. But I also think that leadership or management is usually not just one person, right? I mean, you can, you can have a great manager depending on the structure of the company and things can change around that person above that person and cause, all kinds of issues. So I, I think it's, it's probably broader. It's maybe management or something like that as opposed to manager, but yeah, the, the point's still valid. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, in that, you know, I, I, I kind of switch gears in my mind as to what, what, what satisfies me as far as an individual. Um, I've always, like I said, I've always liked, you know, the culture and actually enjoying where I'm going into work, whether it's here at home an office, wherever you, you want to enjoy the people that you work with. And uh, that that led me to my next um, opportunity at Vanderbilt. I, OK, so hang on, hang on before we before we since the, the nature of this discussion is about recruiting and hiring and finding positions and finding talent. So let's take one step back. You were in a previous position, then you went to BMI. How did you how did you get to BMI? What was the process through which you found that position? So it's weird. Uh, and, and this has happened to me twice, sort of here at Plow. And we'll get to that once we you know, wrap. Um, I interviewed for the position at BMI. I never applied for that position. Somehow uh, a recruiter called me one day. I don't know if he had the wrong number or what. But uh, and, and it's funny because I never met that recruiter until like physically met him until about a year and a half, two years after I worked at BMI. I interviewed for the position at BMI. It was a terrestrial radio station remote engineer. So I was responsible for making sure that static was not in the radio station okay. that you're hearing. Now, that sounds fun or easy or whatever, but in the middle of December in Pittsburgh, when there's two feet of snow on the on the roof of a building. You, it ain't easy to do, is it? Yeah. Not at all. Not at all. So I'm, I, 
you know, I had to make a lot of friends in a lot of places. So I'm calling like, hey, can you go check the antennas, make sure everything's OK? <laughs> so, but the, 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 the gig was overall, it was it was it was fun, um, interesting. And uh, so I interviewed for that position. The manager at the time, great guy. I still keep in contact with him now. Funny guy. He told me these exact words. He's he, he said, man, I I want to hire you for this position. There's another guy that I interviewed that has the exact experience for this position. Once I get a position, I'll call you and you'll have two weeks to put in your notice wherever you are. And you can come <laughs> work with me. And I go, yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah, you'll never hear, y'all never hear from this guy, right? I'll yeah. never hear from this guy again. So I'm at work one day, my phone rings and I answer the phone and he goes, put in that two week notice. That's the first thing he said. And I'm like, huh who's this what's going on and he told me who he was where and and i'm like i gotta come work with you right yeah that's that's pretty cool yeah you kept your word so and i asked him i was like what made you you know what made me stand out he said i asked you a question in the interview you didn't know the answer to it you told me that you would get back to me with the answer 15 minutes after the interview i checked my voicemail and it was you on the voicemail telling me the answer to that question I don't know how the heck you got it, where you went and got it from, but you followed up like you said you would. So I had to keep my word. And I did, you know, right. so it, it, it worked out well, man. And it was it was some fun times. I was there, you know, a good good deal of my uh, career. So I enjoyed it. I'm how long were you? How long were you at BMI? Uh, Ten years. OK, as I said, I, re I was trying to remember. Because obviously, to you know, this is not a secret. Your your resume is not a secret to me. Um, I, I've I've seen it, but I didn't remember the dates. And I, I was thinking it was seven, eight years at at a minimum. I knew it was a long time, but I couldn't remember for sure. Yeah, so ten years—that's a long stretch these days. It is. It yeah. is. I, 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 now during that time, how many different jobs did you do? I don't care about the the title necessarily, but did you did you change jobs? Did you do different things? My assumption is the answer to that question is yes, but I'm curious if that's the case. Yeah, and I mean you're familiar with technology, IT, the, you know the the, the department. Um, yeah, so you know whether it was because of short hands or um, knowledge or whatever, or just me wanting to learn something different, I did you know several different jobs um, from what my title was, um, and 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 in that I was allowed to grow uh, into the the position that I'm in now. You know, ultimately uh, it prepared me for this. My assumption is that's one of the reasons you stayed there for 10 years, too, is the ability to grow and change in that. But so you didn't get back to that boredom issue, right? Exactly. And it's crazy how, you know, I think before you start recording, we were just talking about life and how things go. Uh, I never thought that I would be in a position of boredom again. But it happened. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So once, you know, once I did uh, the BMI <clears throat> run for a decade, uh, I, I then took some time off. Um, when I left BMI, I, I honestly took, I think about four to six months off just to relax. Nice. Yeah. That's a, that's a real blessing. Not everybody, you know, gets to do that and to be able to do that and to have that sort of reflective time. That's, that's powerful. Exactly what it was too, you know, reflective and, and, and to prioritize what's important. Um, and to be able to say the next place that I go or the next job that I do, I wanted to have purpose as well um, as have, you know, a balance uh, in, in, in work life. And um, 
to be able to understand what that truly means, I think is a maturity thing. I think a lot of people say it and spit those, you know, catchphrases out, but not many people understand it until you actually have a life outside of work, what work-life balance is. Um, so that's, that's, that's very important to me. And that was my main reason for wanting uh, to be at a place like Vanderbilt. I, I, I've heard so much about the culture, um, work-life balance and not everything is a fire, uh, you know, th right. that's another thing. So. so did you seek out Vanderbilt in this instance? I did not. Okay. <laughs> I did not. Um, there was a, uh, there's a gentleman there that he's still there. Um, so I, a recruiter called me about Vander, about the Vanderbilt position. And um, I told him some of the things that I had heard about Vanderbilt, both positive and negative. And uh, he said, well, let me let you talk to this individual. I think that, you know, once you have that conversation with him, you'll hash out those things and you'll either make a decision, yes or no, very fast. Right, right. Um, had the conversation um, with the gentleman and immediately I was like, yeah, I can I can work with you. I uh, We have several things that are aligned um, and let's, let's see what, if we can have some fun. Was he the, was he the manager? No, he was... He was the manager's manager, manager. Okay. So he's a few feet, a few steps up the food chain. Okay. Exactly. And, um, it was, it was a little bit different than what the position was. What I was told was a little bit different than what the position was. And, uh, once I got in, you know, I, I like a challenge. So I'm like, this isn't what I thought, but let me see. And I, I had the conversation. I'm very transparent. I had the conversation with, with that, um, that gentleman and I told him I said man I, this was after about eight months in I said I'm not enjoying this um it's I'm not I'm not learning things that are beneficial I'm, I'm it's, it's more homegrown type um, right you know technology that that I wouldn't be able to use this anywhere or even here I'm not going to grow in this position with this is this is it you know right and um he asked me to give him some time on that and did that and it still was geared more towards something that wasn't interesting to me. And uh, I got a call from a guy that I'd worked with before. Wait, hang on. Let me back up a bit. So I went from BMI to a company called Trexus. Um, totally forgot that piece of my life. But uh, that was a short stint. Uh, it was uh, an interesting experience there. So once I left Trexas, I, uh, I, I, that's when I was approached uh, by Vanderbilt. And um, like I said, I, I did the role, um, learned several things that I maybe use again. I learned several things that I hope to never use again. <laughs> and I said that in my exit interview. Um, but the way that I got to plow, um, I worked very close with uh, James Golden on a project somewhere else. And you know, I told him, I said, man, it seems like you guys are doing a lot of interesting things over there. You guys are learning a lot. It's always something uh, going on. And if you ever have an opportunity, let me know. James said, I sure as hell will. And if you know James, you know those are his words. Um, <coughs> year or two went by, and James and I, we talked, you know, every now and again about some of his out-of-work experiments that he's... Yeah, he's a bit of a mad scientist on the weekends. Yes, for sure. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so 
he called me out of the blue one day. Uh, he actually sent me a, a message on LinkedIn, I think, and I'm never on LinkedIn. I, I, I probably got it uh, three weeks after he sent it or whatnot. And we met up for lunch, talked about the position, talked about the company. Um, he gave me the good, the bad, the ugly, uh, as he does. And I told him, I'm interested, you know. Um, so that's how I landed here uh, at Plow. And as you know, whoever's watching or listening doesn't know, but I started, uh, what, two weeks ago. So Yeah, you're brand new, right? I mean, you've, you've had enough to figure out. I would say where the bathroom is, but <clears throat> we, we don't, we don't, you know, we're, we're not in the office enough for it to even matter where the bathroom is that much. I mean, that's only for get togethers and things seems like. So yeah, you're brand new, um, which is great um, on the front end. Uh, of that. And so that, that's, it, it is a good, t- it's a good time. That's part of why I wanted to talk to you now before you, I didn't want you to get institutionalized, right? I wanted you to, I wanted to be fresh in your mind about the recruiting process and the onboarding process for us. And what was the thought or the thinking around this, you know, your, the decision to come to, to join us and how that compared with, um you know, with some of the other decisions you've made. And so, you know, and I, and we haven't really talked about this and, and, I'm, I, I, now that you work for us, I don't have to worry about it anymore, but did you, were you looking, did you talk to anybody else? Were you looking for any other positions at the same time you were talking to us when you, cause it sounds like you were, you pretty much made your mind up. You were going to leave Vanderbilt assuming you could find the right place. Is that a fair statement? That's a great assessment of it. I mean, you weren't going to walk out the door. You know, it wasn't like I got to be gone in two weeks, come hell or high water, but it was, I know I'm, I'm going to need to find a new challenge. Yes. Yeah, that that's that's accurate. Um, and and to be fair to my Vanderbilt team, I had a, a we had you know great cohesiveness. It was it was nice individuals, a great team. Um, but I it's weird because I got a text message this morning. <laughs> I uh, I can I I can kind of foreshadow or foresee some things. You know, the writing on the wall of things that are happening and how things will seem to transpire once you've been in this long enough you can kind of understand what's what's to come a bit um and i to answer your question i did have two other conversations with um different companies what they were where they were going and what what the position that they were hiring for did not align with um what it is that i'm trying to accomplish my main goal is to continue to learn to continue to grow uh, help to be an asset to whatever team that I'm on um, and, and, and be of most benefit to that company. Um, the the positions that I talked to the other companies about were more of the legacy technology and, you know, and they weren't looking to go from legacy to uh, forward thinking or, you know, what the, the, the newer technology. So, you know, in that, that it, it it would have been a cushy, comfortable, I know everything right. that's going on. I may not know all the answers, but I know pretty much. Right. This position, I'm learning. I'm able to teach, but I'm learning a hell of a lot. Um, and I'm appreciative of that. Like, I I, I want to learn, you know, that's, that's, a, um, that's a, a gift and a curse for me. I'm always wanting more, you know, wanting to know more. Uh, not knowing when to give up on something is one of my uh, flaws, I would say. So I'm eager to learn. And, and I think that this position is, I feel strongly that this position is is correct for me to so, do that. Because you haven't been here long enough, because you just got started, 
I don't know if we can deliver on that promise that you're looking for or not, right? We're going to try, and I think we can. Obviously, I believe we can, but I don't know for sure. The proof we'll, we'll know six months, twelve months, eighteen months from now, right? We'll have a much. I disagree. I disagree uh, with that. I, I've been here two weeks, and I've 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 learned. Okay. Okay. Well, that's fair. Well, I, I like that. I I just meant like I, I'm trying to compare in, in my mind. If I think about a guy, if the fact that you work for us is. I mean, it's it's very relevant to this discussion, but it's also, I think, indicative of a broader of a broader set of circumstances that I think most IT managers or business owners who have technology people working for them, and not just technology. I'm going to speak specifically about technology people, but I think it's probably more it's more uh, generalized than that. You know, when I listen, when I hear you talk about your experience at BMI, right? There's a lot of smiles. You know, you've got warm. Uh, you still have relationships from that from that gig. You have a lot of positive things to say about it. Not that you have negative things to say about Vandy, because based on the conversation, it wasn't anything bad there, but you felt it, it sounded like you were worried you were just going to kind of stagnate, right? That, that was a concern. And that didn't seem to be the case at BMI. And obviously it wasn't because you stayed there a long time. I mean, you're a young guy. 10 years at a job is a very long time now. You don't see that that much, right? And so I'm thinking, you know, what in the contours of that time, how did you think about the it was there a shelf life to the certain things that you were working on how did how did you feel like you how did what did they do right in terms of helping you sort of move from i won't say station to station but from interest to interest or continuing to build on a skill set so that you felt like you were creating more value you're learning you're interested engaged you want to go to work you're, you know, you're growing in value at the company. So you're making some more money. You're doing more things. All those things have to kind of go together. What was it that they did right that we could sort of draw from, not just for, you know, I'm, I'm thinking selfishly for us at Plow, I want to make sure I'd, I'd love to think you worked for us for 10 years. Right. And so that's an important, you know, kind of way for me to think about it. But I think it's, indic- I think it's uh, instructive for other people to hear that. So I think, you know, the term meeting people where they are, um, it's just like any any relationship, whether it's a, a business partnership, a marriage, or just a platonic, whatever. The communication is key. Um, and one of the things that my manager, um, my direct manager, she had a photographic memory, and I was always amazed by that. I mean, literally, she would say, "Hey, Brian, you remember we did that podcast, and you had on, the, you know, the striped shirt or whatever." And I'm like, what you, I, "I don't remember what I had on last week." <laughs> But she was amazing. Um, but she always, she also always had an interest in everybody on her team excelling. Because if we fail, she failed. So, you know, in our one-on-ones, it was more of, you know, your, what's going on with your family. Um, where do you want to be in this company or even outside of this company? What do you want to learn? Um, what is it that excites you about what you're doing? What is it that excites you about what you can do? Um, so asking those type of questions and actually listening to the answers um, is, is key. I think that when, you know, a lot of times people do things out of whatever they think is the correct thing to do as far as their position. What I mean by that is, well, we have this list of Google questions that we should ask, you know, as a manager yeah. or whatever. And regardless of what the person says back, well, I did my part because I asked the questions. But it wasn't that. It was more. Um, it was more of a mindset of, if you tell me you want to do this and it can benefit the company as well, I'm gonna make sure 
that it happens, you know, um, and and BMI had a different checkbook. They, uh, <laughs> it was, you know, what do you want? <laughs> Let's right. go get, you know, so um, that's what that's what kept me around was because there were no limitations in regard in, in regards to what it is that you can do if you if you even wanted to jump teams, but you had to go over on this team and learn their stuff, you know, uh, on your free time, then go do that and come back and let's see if we can't make it work. Right. Right. So it was, it was flexible in that sense, in the sense of trying to pair people with interests and opportunities and then, yeah, strengths and interests. Yeah. Because we we were having this conversation internally about what, you know, we want to make sure that we, we know what people are interested in or where they think they'd like to go, but we need to match that up with their skills too, because, you know, Sometimes people want to do something that's maybe not a good fit for them, right? And so you got to ma- you got to make those two things come together, uh, for for sure. Um, that's interesting. I, I just was thinking about it in you know in in looking at someone like you with a career who's had not not that you haven't had you've had multiple successes, but the BMI obviously the BMI experience sort of stands out. So what is it that we could learn from that in the context of broader um, care and feeding of of folks, like to keep people engaged? Right. Cause I tend to think of, I mean, I, I have a bit of a short attention span myself. And so, um, you know, most of the places where I've been successful or stayed there for a while, it's because it, I realistically, I did multiple things. I didn't really do the same thing over and over. And some people, you know, some people like doing the same thing over and over again and get really good at that. And, and, and that's a very, that's a very needed, um, a very needed skill. I don't know in technology that it's particularly useful because to your point, things change so fast. You know, if you're, if you're the best guy who knows how to take care of, you know, phone lines, I mean, that's, that's, you know, it's maybe not where you want to be, right. Even if you were, even if you're really good at it because that technology, I mean, it still exists, but it's not, it's not what it was. Right. And it's, it, and it's going away um, from, from that standpoint. Um, As you think about the, the jobs and I use jobs in quotes, not, not, not company is hiring. I don't mean that. I mean, the jobs, the work that you've done, do you feel like there is there any sort of shelf life in your in your mindset? Like, is there any? Can you give a range of? Is it a range of time, or does it sort of depend on the on the nature of the of the of the job or the experience? I think it's the latter. I think it depends on uh, the nature of the job because just like you know, if you're a contract worker and you have a project that you come in for sixty, ninety, hundred, eighty days or whatever, you know, that's that's the extent of that job. And then you go on to something totally different. It doesn't mean that you, you failed at that or that it's obsolete now. It's just, that's what it is. And some things will never become obsolete, but you'll, you'll grow um, uninterested in it because of the monotony of it. Right. Or for our, for my, my type personality. um, If I have to do it more than five times, I'm probably going to figure out a way to try to automate it. Right. Um, and in, in, in some people's eyes, that's lazy. Not me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they call that scale in our world, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. So um, I don't know. If, I hope I answered the question um, or if you need more in-depth. No, no, no. That's, I, I mean, it's, it, I mean, obviously, the, you know, it's, it's kind of a dumb question certain certain extent because it, there is no, can't say, well, after 18 months, I get bored of doing something like because it might be six weeks, it might be three years. I mean, it, it kind of depends, right, on the nature of the, on the nature of what you're doing, and and how is it changing, you know, within itself. Because the same problem can can evolve over time while you're working on it, right? I mean, it, even though 
that technically it's the same problem. So, um, no, that, that was, that's helpful. Um, again, I don't want to take up too much time cause I, I know you got to get back. You're still drinking from the fire hose and trying to, trying to figure things out, but a couple more questions before we wrap. Um, as you look back, I'm again, brand new at plow, just went through a process with us, um, went through a process with Vandy a couple of years ago. Um, so it hadn't been too long that you've kind of, you know, uh, navigated the, the recruiting onboard, you know, that stuff, you know, you've, t- you've had some experience with recruiters. You've gone through some interviews. You've probably done some one-on-one interviews. You've done some group interviews, you've done all that. You know, you've, you've, you've covered the gamut. What, as you think back, what, what is it that people, if you, can you, can you call out one or two experiences outside of the BMI guy who, you know, give him props for, he, he was very clever in the way he, the way he dealt with you with the two weeks thing. That's, that's, that's very smart. Um, but more and more generically, what are some things that people did well? And what are some things that people did that, that you think if they were to ask you, you'd say, D- don't do that anymore. Cause that shit don't work. I mean, or it's, it's, it's off putting or not helpful or, or whatever. I, I, that's kind of what I'm trying to get at. As you think back over the couple of experiences. Well, I mean, I think I don't have to go too far. Um, in regards to the recruiting is, is, is totally different now than it was five years ago or, you know, two years ago. Um, a lot of people don't understand that you go to work for financial gain. You, you, that, that's the reason that most people go to work. You want to enjoy what you're doing, but you go to work for the direct deposit. You got to make a living, right? You got to make a living. That's right. First and foremost, right? I mean, the goal, I've always said, you know, not to interrupt you, but I've always said that if I can take money off the table, right? In the sense of meaning that it's, you know, it doesn't mean that you have to pay the most or that you pay the least, but you, you, you that doesn't become the primary decision maker. Then I got a chance, right? Then, then, because then you can have all the other things that these, all these other, what I'd call self-actualization things. Can I grow here? Do I like the people? What's the culture like? Cause if the money, if it, if, if it's 50% of what someone else is offering, it doesn't matter. Like you can't, you can't, that, that's a bridge too far. You're not going to get there. Absolutely. And I, I agree with that wholeheartedly in regards to, you know, what, what's, what's my purpose here? Um, am I being beneficial to this company? Am I enjoying, you know, what I'm doing? Because, you know, a lot of people don't understand that your mental is, is, is real. You know, you cannot be, there's not going to be, you know, sugar plums and and candy clouds every day anywhere i get that but you can't go you cannot expect to exist uh healthy in in a place where it's just a fire all day every day if you're going to do that then you should get the satisfaction of being a fireman saving somebody's life right yeah maybe get on a calendar i don't know exactly, yeah exactly yeah. exactly but um to, to, to answer your question about you know the recruiting um we've all been called for a position where we're like, did you even look at my resume? I, I, I've never been an astronaut. Why are you calling me about, you know, driving a spaceship? <laughs> so, and that, and that's an exaggeration. But some of the stuff that the recruiters call you about is like you, you haven't, you're not good at your job because right. they want me to go do something <laughs> that I'm not good at. Um, but I, again, it all, it always goes back to communication. Um, the good things that that have been done, you know, the follow ups. Um, I know that everyone is busy. Everyone has things going on. But if, you know, I'm being asked to be at a, a office to interview with somebody, you know, at least have somebody there within 
15 minutes or something to, to meet me. I've, you know, I've, I've sat in the lobby uh, for about 28 minutes waiting for just an individual. And everybody, you know, it was like, oh, crap, I didn't, I right. forgot you're even coming. I'm over this side of town. I'm not even in the country and this things like that. So just communication, you know, and, and that, I mean, that says a lot to an individual that's coming to interview uh, for this position or coming to meet with whomever for this position that, well, did I not mean enough or, right. you know, what's going on in, on the other side of that, that door to where uh, th these things are happening regularly. Um, but I think that the, the best things that, that have happened um, is the, the true transparency of what it is you're walking into, you know, um, just give give the truth and, and, and let the chips fall where they may just, you know, tell because I, I if I'm if I'm in an interview and that you ask me a question that I do not I have absolutely no idea what it is. I'm going to write it down, tell you, I, I don't even know where to start on that. And most people would, would would lie and try to right make some answer. Yeah, make something that sounds something that sounds plausible. Right. Exactly. My grandmother told me a long time ago: you can pretend to be stupid, you cannot pretend to be smart. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know it, you don't know it. Right. <laughs> you know. Um. And 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 that's something that I I I take to heart. I don't want to try and impress somebody with something that I don't know. I'd rather tell you I don't know that, but I I'm willing to go you know, try to figure it out. Do you feel like people on the other side of the table are willing to take that same approach or are they oftentimes, do you feel like you're getting BS sometimes it, when you ask questions or part of the discussion um, during, during interviewing? I mean, I, I know what I think about it and I, I, we, to your point, we try our best. I mean, it, it's hard not to sell during an interview when you want somebody, right? Right. And selling oftentimes can be putting your best foot forward. It doesn't, it's not lying. It doesn't mean you're necessarily going to share everything right in the context of selling but in this case you do need to i mean you're asking somebody to come spend every day and hang out with you and and be part of the team right and so mm -hmm. they need to get a sense of of who they'll be working with what would the nature of the work be what's the you know what's the environment like you know what's the sort of the collective mentality where the way, way do people you know do people laugh a lot or is it a really serious place i mean just little things like that that you know because not everybody wants to be somewhere where it's, you know, where everybody's joking all the time. That's fine. You know, some people, that's what they really want. And it kind of, I mean, I think those are the kinds of things that maybe are important um, that don't always, I think it gets sussed out during the hiring process. I agree. And, and to answer your question, I think that, um, I think mostly the interviews that I've been in, um, I always do something different. I always ask for the team, let's, let's have a conversation with the manager, not in the room, without the manager being in the room. Yep. So, you know, if I'm coming to talk to you guys, hey, Brian, it's good talking to you, but. Yeah, you should talk to James and those guys. Yeah. See what they have to say. All right. Yeah. And, and they don't, and they don't need to tell me what they told you, right? That's between, I mean, if I'm not, if I don't have enough confidence to feel like, you know, I'm, I'm doing all right and that they're getting and what they need, then, then that's the, the issue and it has nothing to do with you. Right. Exactly. So I try to suss out those type of things um, way ahead of time by asking the questions that I ask. Um, and, and I've been on that side of the table to where, you know, I, I've had a guy come in. It's intimidating regardless of how much, you know, you know, it, it feels like you against, you know, the United States Congress when when it's a, yeah. you know, five, a little bit like getting grilled. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, yeah. 
Uh, and I, and I, I could tell looking at the guy's resume and I'm like, if, if you didn't just make this stuff up on here, like, you know, your stuff. So I told him, but don't even look at us. Just look down and, and tell us what you know how to do. And, uh, that guy, he, I still keep in contact with him now. He's like, man, I thank you every day for that interview that just that, you know, push because I was nervous as hell. And, you know, you guys are all you got what I'm trying to get. I'm like, man, we've all been there, but I do not like those interviews where y- you know that the person asking you the question doesn't know the answer to the question. Right. Well, and <laughs> I mean, and, and the funny thing about an interview, right, is you can be good at interviewing and not be good at doing whatever the job is, right? I mean, being, uh, we, we didn't hire you to be good at interviewing, right? We hired you to be a good engineer. <laughs> so, you know, and that, that's true in lots of, in lots of cases. So how do you get, you know, there's, there's ways around that, but I do think, um, you know, we still depend right or wrong on looking somebody eyeball to eyeball, asking questions, having conversations, those kinds of things. And that isn't always, that's not everybody's strength, right? I mean, if you're an extreme introvert and you're not someone who's comfortable with that, then that's a very, that's a tough, that's a tough scenario to, to, you know, to, to be in. You are a guy, you're, you're pretty extroverted. You do, you do well talking to people. Not everybody's into that, particularly in technology. And there are some fantastic technology people who suck at face-to-face interviews, right? I mean, that's that's not what they do, right? But we're not hiring them to do that anyway. So how do we, you know, going figuring being smart enough to understand that in the process um, is something that we as hiring folks need to be aware of because I, I think we get it, sort of fall into a trap of, well, when we hire somebody, we do A, B, C, and D, and if they do, if they score well on A, B, C, and D, then we hire them, assuming they're all equal, and that that can apply to all kinds of different jobs, which really doesn't make a lot of sense um, other than that it's easy, right? That's the, I mean, at the end of the day, lots of things happen because they're easy, not because they're optimal. I mean, that's, that's true. Yes. Yes. I um, so, okay. So last question, and this is, I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot, but I want you, you know, you don't, don't, you do what you, you do, you, you answer it the way you want to answer it. All right. What kind of feedback do you have for us in terms of the, I'm going to use recruiting to mean pre-onboarding. That that's the from the initial conversation to you know you getting a job offer and getting accepted. So like up you know that first part and then the onboarding. What what feedback do you have for us? What did we do well and where did we fall short? Uh, the recruiting was was spot on. I mean James and I had a rapport. We had yeah. That, I mean we we had an unfair advantage to a certain degree because of the relationship between with the two of you. Right. But I think that's key, though, man. I think that, you know, if, if somebody, you know, has been over here and they say, man, it's, it's actually OK. You know, it's somebody that you trust as opposed to just going to it's just like you guys, like taking a chance on me. From 100 other resumes and there's no James or there's no whoever to say. He's he's. He's, yeah, I've I've worked with this guy. He's this guy's good. We should hire him, right? I mean, that's you know everybody will. That's that's the sort of the. I mean, that's almost as good. That's about as good as it, as it can get, right? Is to have that kind of referral, uh, other than to have someone who worked with you before, right? Because you and I didn't work together, but I got the next best thing, which was you and James had already kind of worked together, client to you know to to customer sort of thing. For sure, for sure. So our situation is a bit unique. I will say, you know, the the recruit even our conversation with you know. Uh, you and I meeting, everybody that's watching and listening doesn't know this, but you and I met, um, my son was with me. Um, 
he he likes Mr. Brian because Mr. Brian buy, purchased cake pops. So he thinks that every time he sees you, he's going to get a cake pop. Uh oh! All right, I'm gonna have to keep that in mind next time. Next time he's around, I'm gonna have to. I can't let him, can't let him down. Exactly. You know, I'm training to be a grandparent. I don't have I don't have any grandkids yet, but that's the next phase at some point in my life. So I'm gonna be ready for that, and I'm gonna be the guy that gives out a lot of candy and sugar and stuff. So you know, that's all it takes. That, exactly. that and, and easy. And, Stories about their parents, you'll be good. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I so all of that is key to me. You know, the the um, the type of rapport, you know, w- with with my family, with um, not only me, but you know, what are their interests and things like that. But as far as the onboarding, the 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 only it was it was unique to me because I've never been uh, with a company that doesn't have an official whomever, you know, as far as like, these are the HR people. This is the director of HR. This is the assistant director of HR and, you know, those people to give you those type of things. So um, I'm still kind of looking for some things as far as uh, information that I would need, you know, HR related, but nothing that's. Yeah, we're weak there. I mean, I I mean, we're, we're, you know, now that's a function. This is not an excuse. It's a fact. We're a smaller company, right? We're 30 something employees. Now, some people, <clears throat> some companies that are 30 something employees do have someone who's dedicated to HR, but very often not. Right. And so, yeah, we're we got to get better there. We, you know, and that's something we definitely want to work on. Um, I want to ask you some more about that. We don't need to do that on the podcast, but I'd like to know specifically because we do need to. I do think the last thing you want is someone to be all excited about taking a job and then get on, you know, as soon as they sign up, things start to not feel like they're real well put together and it can raise questions about, I mean, you don't, you can't, you, you, there's no way to avoid it except to think, well, what does that mean? Are, are there other areas where, where, where we're loosey goosey on things, right? And look, no company's perfect. I went to the, the biggest company I ever worked for was probably the slowest in terms of handling the onboarding process. So it's not necessarily a function of, of size completely in terms of efficiency and, and doing the process. Well, I do think it's a, it's an, a function of intentionality doing, you know, putting the time and effort into it. Kind of like, you know, we got a job interview with Kevin next Tuesday at two o'clock. If it's not a priority and everybody forgets about it, well, what does that communicate to Kevin? Because in Kevin's mind, it's real damn important. He's thinking about changing jobs. It's a big deal, right? For somebody else, it's just another two o'clock on the calendar between one o'clock with customer A and three o'clock with committee B or whatever. You know what I mean? Um, you got to be careful with that for sure. Yeah. No, and I, I I don't think that it's uh so extreme to where it 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 would make anyone consider like did I make a mistake? You know, it's nothing like that. I think that anyone with with you know gauging the, the situation entirely, it's a small company. I it's a lot of things I didn't know what to expect. Uh, it's a lot of things that are a lot better um, because of the small company. Sometimes we lose focus on. The individuals in 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 the small companies and, and excuse me in the larger companies and what I mean by that is um, even the smaller customers that we have we don't want to get so big to where our smaller customers are just our smaller customers no they are important as well you know um, and and the way that we treat our customers should be the way that we treat our people right fair fair um, okay well I always like to close out with a couple of personal questions not, not related to hiring or recruiting whatever just to kind of I always kind of give a little bit of insight into into you as a person so um, I know you're busy you got a son uh, you got a lot of soccer and stuff going on but I know you got a little bit of time in the spaces in between 
Um, you got anything? Can you tell us something that you've read or watched lately that you think others maybe ought to check out? Well, you sent me a the the, the last thing that I got distracted with was the, the zero trust. I think it was. Um, <laughs> so that's the last thing that I read that everybody should check out. Um, especially you know in, in IT is security is 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 so important. Um, and I think that is is like the word love. I think it's overused. Um, but you know you you have to understand it. And regardless of what your role is in an organization, you want to have some foundational uh, knowledge of security um, because there are more and more attempts every day, every minute, every hour. So um, you can share that link. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll make, we'll, we'll put that in the show notes. Cause it was an art. He's talking about an article in the wall street journal. <clears throat> it was about how really kind of, I mean, sort of the gap between where, um, where most companies are um, relative to being, you know, what I'd call pretty secure. I mean, security is a, is a moving target and it's not a, it's not binary. It's not, you're either secure or you're not, right? There's a there's a continuum. Um, but it was about that and about how many, really, I mean, the, the shocking statistic in there was how many companies don't even have multi-factor authentication, right? Which is in many ways sort of a foundational and kind of a, uh, you know, that's, that's baby steps really towards being secure. It takes out a lot of problems. It doesn't take out anything. It doesn't take out everything. But it, you know, if you were to ask a security consultant or a cybersecurity insurance person or something, they'd be like, well, you got to have this. And then they'd start talking about all the other stuff. And like, I can't remember the, the percentage, but it's a large percentage of companies don't even have that first, they haven't taken that first step. If you want to, you know, if you think of, you know, learn how to ride a bike, that's, that's getting on with the training wheels. Like, and that means most people haven't even gotten on the bike um, uh, other than maybe to sit on the seat. So, um, you know, we, we got a long way to go for sure. Not us. Well, yeah, I mean, we're but we're on our own we're on our own security journey, right? And that's we, one of the things I ended. We, James and I talked about that back, um, you know, I guess it was about six eight months ago on this podcast because it was about the same thing. How it's interesting we're a company that helps other companies do stuff securely, right? We're not a security company, but we help you do network management, monitoring securely, cloud services securely, end user support security, desktop, you know, endpoint management securely. Security is a thread that runs through all that, but we're not a security company. But we also have our own endpoints. We have our own devices. We have our own identities that can be hacked. We have our own email system, which is where most of the problems originate for companies is in email. But we have email too. So we have to, we have to, you know, I hate the old expression, eat our own dog food, but we have to do, we have to turn that same funk, that same focus onto ourselves and make sure that we're not in a position to get compromised, right? Or get hit with a ransomware attack or, you know, all the kinds of things that can happen because it could just easily happen to us as they could to anybody, you know, a manufacturing company, a retail company, law firm, whatever, doesn't matter. Okay. Last question. Your first technology memory, and it can't be watching TV or talking on the telephone. My uncle installed cell phones in cars. Like in the bag or like the mounted? Were they the mounted ones? Both. Okay. He worked. He worked for South Central Bell. Yep. Was it was it South Central Bell that was one of the baby one of the baby bells? Yeah. When they broke up AT and T a long time ago, that was one of the one of the bells, and then they rolled them all back up into into AT and T um, later. So yeah. So um, the weirdest thing ever. <laughs> what what intrigued me about that was the antenna. The antenna was like a little curly. Yep. Curly. And he, he would 
connect it to the back of the vehicle, run the wire all through, and I was just enamored. Well, it was fascinating. The thought that you could talk on the phone while you were moving. Yes. I mean, it's hard. Like, my kids don't know what that, they, they can't remember a world where that wasn't the case. But I do, just like you do, and and it was it was like the jet, it was like something space age, like and and you know, and I don't I, I say that there were CB radios and short you know radios, so but but it was different because it was an actual phone. I mean, it, you you dialed the number and called them, and it worked just like the phone in your house, which was always mounted on the wall, you know, because at my house we didn't even we didn't have a cordless phone, we just had one with a long cord, and if you you know you were you were stuck in the range with that with that cord, that was it. So yeah. It's funny you should say that we, we, you know, I was just on vacation and uh, my son, he came the the house that we rented. He, it had a, um, a cordless phone there and he was like, what is this? <laughs> he didn't know what it was. <laughs> he didn't know what it was. It was the battery. So he didn't believe me that it was a phone. Cause I'm like, it's a phone. He's like, no, but the battery was dead and I couldn't. You couldn't show it to call. Yeah. To make a phone call. Say, See, it actually is a phone. Exactly. Yeah. yeah I told you it wasn't a phone. Dad, so yeah. <laughs> That's so good. That's so good. Yeah. Well, Kevin, listen, man, thank you so much for taking time. Um, I really appreciate it. We are super excited to have you at Plow. Um, and thanks for sharing some stories with us. Hopefully, the, again, this will be helpful to the audience and thinking about, yeah, everybody's got to, I think everyone has to up their game all the time in every aspect of their business. Hiring, finding great people, one of the hardest things to do, um, I think, in business. And so anytime we can hear from someone who's just gone through the process and is sharing, hey, here's a little bit of yeah, here's some insights. Here's kind of what I thought about it. Um, I think is helpful. So I appreciate you doing that for us. I appreciate the opportunity. And I, like I said before, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful to be here. I'm looking forward to uh, what the future holds, man. Absolutely. Me too. Well, thanks, Kevin. Have a great day. Thank you, Brian. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you were enjoying the podcast, we'd appreciate it if you would become a subscriber wherever you get your podcasts. And if you could rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, that would really help us out. Or you can just go old school and tell your friends, your family, your colleagues, and hell, anybody else who you think might want to hear something like this to listen in. If you're on social media, make sure to follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at cuttheshit underscore pod. We are also on TikTok, at cuttheshitpod, all one word, where we post lots of clips from the podcast. And last but not least, you can also watch the YouTube version of the show on our YouTube channel, at Plow Networks. Until next time, take care and have a great day.